Amen. Well, praise God. Let me, let me invite you to open your Bibles this morning to the Gospel of Mark. Here we are, 1st of, of November, and uh, we're going we're gonna to get back here into the Gospel of Mark and uh, pick up where we left off a few weeks back. So if you'll open to Mark chapter number 13, Mark chapter number 13, and I'm going to begin reading with verse number 1. Are you there? If you're there, say amen. They're going to put it up. Brother Carson's going to get it up here on the screen. And, but if you have your Bible, <clears throat> it's good to follow along in your Bible. So in Mark chapter number 13, verse 1, Then, as Jesus went out of the temple, one of his disciples said to him, Teacher, see what manner of stones and what buildings are here. And Jesus answered and said to him, Do you see these great buildings? Not one shall be left upon another that shall not be thrown down. Now as he sat upon the Mount of Olives opposite the temple, Peter, James, John, and Andrew asked him privately, Tell us, notice, notice their question, Tell us when will these things be, and what will be the sign when all these <clears throat> things will be fulfilled? And Jesus answering them began to say, Take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name saying, I am he, and will deceive many. But when you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be troubled. You need to underline that. Do not be troubled, for such things must happen. These are the words of Jesus. If you have a red-letter Bible, they're in red, all right? These are the words of Jesus. Let me read that again. Do not be troubled, for such things must happen, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be earthquakes in various places. And there will be famines and troubles. And, but these are, and that word troubles, Matthew in the same Olivet Discourse translates it or, or uses the word pestilences. And we'll be getting into that. But Jesus said, these are the beginnings, the beginnings of sorrows. And I want to talk to you this morning for a little bit on, from this passage of Scripture on the signs of the times. The signs of the times. How many of y'all know today we need to know, be able to read the signs to see where we're at and to know where we're at and what is ahead, what's just ahead. And Jesus is giving us some enlightenment from this passage today. I don't want to, I, I want this to be an encouraging message, but there has to be some negative things said uh, before we can accentuate the positive. Okay, are you with me? Some people say only preach positive. Don't ever say anything negative. Well, if you take the, if you take the negative cable off your battery, you ain't going nowhere. All right? So there has to be both. Or, or, are you with me? Amen? Amen. So I'm going to talk to you about the signs of the times. Heavenly Father, bless uh, this message. We thank you for your presence here already in this service today. We ask you, God, to anoint us today to uh, bless the Word of God, to bless the, the message today in a special way. Give us the words to say, and we'll give you the praise and the glory for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen and amen. Praise God. 
what will happen and what is going to happen in the future uh, has always fascinated people. We always want to know what's going to happen in the future. Uh, I think that's why most young converts uh, are so fascinated with the book of Revelation. When I first got saved uh, and started reading the Bible, I wanted to immediately go to the book of Revelation. There was no way I was going to figure that out as a babe in Christ. But I was concerned about future events, and all of us are. I think that's why people today in the world are drawn to psychics and to palm readers and to crystal ball gazers and to horoscopes and to fortune tellers and tarot card readers and that type of thing because they want to know what's going to happen in their life or what's going to happen in the future, what the future is going to hold. And so here in Mark chapter 13, the disciples as well are expressing an interest in the future. And they said to the Lord, they asked Jesus a question there in verse number 3. Jesus had told them about the the temple that was going to be destroyed, uh, how it was going to be destroyed in AD 70. And and, uh, they asked him the questions, tell us when will these things be? And in Matthew chapter 24, who gives the same account of this Olivet Discourse, Matthew 24 adds this, And what shall be the sign of your coming? So Jesus, here in answer in response to the questions of the disciples, begins to tell them what it would be like and what it was going to be like on the earth before he comes. He, he lists here some signs that they are to look for, signs that will point to the coming of the Lord to the end of the age. When you think about a sign, what, are, what, does it, what is a sign? Just think about a sign. And we talk about the signs of the last days, the signs of the times. But when you think about a sign, a sign actually is a pointer that's pointing to something beyond itself. The sign is not pointing to itself, but something beyond itself. You know what signs are. We have traffic signs that direct us and in, in tell us what's ahead on the highway. We have speed limit signs. We have signs on the highway that tell us how, many, how much farther it is to our destination. Amen. And, uh, you know, how many more miles we have to go. We have warning signs, caution signs on the highway, signs that tell us as we're going down the highway, well, there's construction ahead, a construction zone, or a lane closed ahead, or a detour that's ahead. So signs are always pointing us in some direction. They tell us what's ahead, and they give us direction. When you go into buildings, I know when we go to St. Louis, you know, take Vicki to uh, see her nephrologist, there are signs there, and thank God there are, to tell us how to navigate through the doctor's offices and through the buildings and what, where to find what we're looking for. So signs give us and point us to directions and to locations. Signs tell us where the restrooms are and what, what, which restroom to use. Amen. Thank God for signs. If it wasn't for signs, you could wind up in the wrong restroom and that would be an embarrassing situation. So signs, a sign is, and I want you to remember this, a sign is a pointer. It's pointing to something. And so here in this Olivet Discourse, the Lord Jesus Christ is giving some signs that are pointing to His coming and the end of the age. And these signs that Jesus gives us in Mark 13 point to events that will transpire during the Great Tribulation period. That's something interesting to note 
as well. Because as we, tra- as we travel through Mark chapter 13 and talk about some of the things in later messages that are here, it refers to the time of the great tribulation period. Things that are going to be taking place then. But Jesus here is giving us some signs that are pointing to the end of the age to what's going to happen during the great tribulation and so the appearing of these signs today when we begin to see the signs that Jesus mentioned here in this Olivet Discourse and we see them happening today and appearing today these signs then serve as pointers for us to that time to let us know as we see these signs taking place that we're getting closer and closer and closer to that time of the great tribulation period when the Antichrist will come on the scene and when there will be, as Jesus said, tribulation such as there has never been or ever will be. I don't want to be here to go through that and thank God the good news on this side, the positive the positive connection to this battery is that the church of the Lord Jesus Christ will not go through that great tribulation period but there's an event called the rapture of the church that is getting ready to take place to take us out of here before that event takes place before the great tribulation comes to uh, into into being so when we see the appearing of these of these signs these pointers to the time of tribulation and we know that the rapture is going to take place before the revealing of the antichrist and the events of revelation chapter 6 through 19 then we know if that is near and the signs are pointing to the nearness of the tribulation how much closer and nearer is the rapture of the church how many are with me today amen are you still there now Jesus rebuked the Pharisees in Matthew chapter 16. He rebuked them because he said to them, he said, you, can, you guys can forecast the weather. And he said, you can see the, what the weather's going to be and tell you know, what the weather's going to be, but you cannot discern the signs of the times. And you know, that's an interesting thing today because we have people today that are the same way. We can We can forecast the weather. Sometimes they don't do a very good job of it. But they can forecast the weather. They can look at different signs. And we, even we, can look at different signs in the skies and tell what it's going to do. Amen? Red sky uh, at night, sailor's delight. Amen? Red sky in the morning, sailor take warning. So, you know, we look at the sky. And that's basically what Jesus was saying in Matthew chapter 16. You can discern the weather the face of the sky but he said you're so spiritually dense you can't discern the signs of the times and you know it's 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 a sad thing today but there are a lot of people that are in that same situation that those pharisees were in they're totally oblivious to the time that we're living in they're living their own lives they're going their own way they're continuing to do uh to live according to the things of this world when the signs are everywhere that we're nearing the end of this age there is an apocalypse that is on the horizon and we need to be able to discern the signs of the times can I get an amen so as we approach the end of time there will be some signs here that Jesus mentioned and the first thing that he mentioned would be that there will be doctrinal signs and I just want to touch on these doctrinal signs in verse number 5 of that 13th chapter Jesus the first sign that he gives said for us to take heed that no one deceives you for many will come in my name saying I am he and will deceive many in verse 22 Jesus said that false Christ and false prophets will arise and will show signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the very elect. Jesus is predicting here and saying that it is 
time the time of the end draws near, there will be false messiahs that will arise. There will be false teachers that will gain prominence in the religious realm that there would be false Christs. He said, and false prophets that will arise to show signs and wonders even to deceive the very elect if possible. We've seen that happen throughout history even in our lifetime. We, how many can remember? Many of us today, some can't, but many can remember um, Jim Jones and his followers that he deceived and took to Guyana and how that he, he was able to seduce and deceive over 900 people into drinking the cyanide lace Kool-Aid. The images are still in my mind that I can see on the television, on the news of the aerial footage of, of corpses everywhere but of people that thought they were following a man who claimed to be Christ and of Christ but led them to destruction and to deception. And that's happened so many times throughout the course of history. But in these last days, Jesus said that it would even be a more prominent sign that there would be uh, false teachers, deceiving teachers, those who would lead astray. And the scripture does warn us, ladies and gentlemen, of a falling away from the faith to end this age of grace. Paul, I think I mentioned it Wednesday night, but the Apostle Paul writing to Timothy said in 1 Timothy 4, he said that, it, that the Spirit of God speaks expressly that in the latter times, in the last days, that some would depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing or deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, we're living in a time when there are false teachers, there are deceivers, and we need to be aware of who we're listening to and what we're listening to and make sure we know the Word of God. Can I get an amen? The great tribulation, when it begins after the rapture, the great tribulation will begin with the appearance of the Antichrist. He will come, the Bible says in Revelation 13, that the Antichrist will come with power and with signs and with lying wonders. Paul says that in 2 Thessalonians 2, 9 and 10, that he will come with the power of Satan and that by the power of Satan he will produce signs and lying wonders and he will deceive multitudes who will follow him because of the signs. Revelation 13 14 said that he deceives those who dwell on the earth by those signs which he performs. Can I just stop here for a moment to say this that Jesus did say in Mark 16 that the these signs will follow them that believe. But can I tell you what? We got too many believers following signs. We need signs following believers. Come on, somebody. Don't ever follow a ministry or a minister because of a miracle or a sign or a wonder. You follow ministries and preachers and teachers because they preach and teach from this book. Amen. Satan can do some signs and wonders. That's why everything, everything has to be tested. Everything has to be put to the test. Believe not, beloved, every spirit, John said, but test the spirits to see whether they are of God for many false prophets have gone out into the world and are deceiving many. There are those who would like to lead you astray today but get a hold of this book. Listen to good Bible preaching. Everything that I say or any preacher says check it out with the word of God amen don't follow signs and don't be deceived in these last days amen that deserves an amen so much deception today multitudes being deceived and will be by the antichrist there are also Jesus mentioned international signs that he said would take place Verse 7 and 8, he said that there would be wars and rumors of wars. But then he said, and he said that nation would rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. But, he said in verse 8, but 
the end is not yet. So when we see wars taking place and hear of wars and rumors of wars, we know that that is a sign that Jesus gave. Now, this world has been marked by war. Amen? This world has been marked since the very beginning of time. History of the world, the history of the world is one of war. One, one historian said that in the 3,500 years of recorded history, that there's only 268 years of peace that's been recorded. That's not to include the wars that have not been recorded. But, the, but Jesus was saying here that there will be an increase of wars during the end time and as we see the coming of the Lord approaching. Now, thank God we're experiencing right now and have been now since, um, since the, under the leadership of President Trump we have we are in peace there are no wars thank God for that amen God's all about peace are you listening to me and we thank God for that but Jesus said and we ha- we can't ignore the words of the Lord Jesus but he said that wars would increase as the end of time approaches he said there in verse 7 of math of, of, of mark chapter 13 he said in verse 7 that such things must happen not that they might happen but they must happen. I am, I am thankful to the Lord. I'm, I'm going to say this. Now, you know, people can say, well, you're too political or whatever. But our current president, Donald Trump, has been a friend to the nation of Israel. I thank God for that. Amen. I'm telling you, that blessing, that, that what God said to Abraham still goes today. Those who bless Israel will be blessed. God will bless. And those who curse Israel, God will curse. That's why we have to be... When you're voting for a president, be sure to check out how they plan on treating Israel and the nation of Israel? Are we going to remain friends with Israel? And, 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 and our president has been such a friend to the nation of Israel. And just recently, President Trump signed and negotiated a peace agreement between the United Arab Emirates, uh, Bahrain, and the Sudan. And it's the first, this is the first Arab nations to normalize relations with Israel in over 25 years. It's a historic event. It's a historic event. And we applaud the efforts, uh, the efforts of President Trump. We thank God for what peace has, has been, has been um, acquired between these nations and they're still working with more of the Arab nations to try to bring more peace w- between them and Israel. And uh, we thank God for that. President Trump made this statement. He said they are choosing regarding the Abraham Accords, he said they are choosing a future in which Arabs, Israelis, Muslims, Jews, and Christians can live together, pray together, dream together, side by side in harmony and peace. Now, I don't agree with that statement theologically because it's really impossible for Christians and Muslims to pray together and worship together and and be in unity together because we don't believe the same thing at all. Come on, somebody. Body. But 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 he's talking about there about the peace, the harmony and the peace. And it is a great accomplishment that has taken place. But here I go again. I've got to hook up the negative side of the cable and tell you this that it will not last. Boy, that got everybody real quick excited. I said it will not last. Nation, Jesus said, will rise against nation in the latter days. One of the signs of the end times and the end of the age will be that there will be, Jesus said, there will be wars and rumors of war. And the Apostle Paul said this in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 3. Listen to these verses. You know them. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as travail 
upon a woman with child and they shall not escape. Jesus himself said as long as this world stands, there will be strife among nations. And I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, today that we've not heard the last from Iran and from Russia and from North Korea and from China. But in the midst of all this, come on somebody, in the midst of all this when Jesus said there would be an uprising and wars and nation against nation and rumors of wars, Jesus said in verse 7, but do not be troubled. Do not be troubled for the end is not yet. Hallelujah. In the midst of all of this mess, we are not to be fearful or afraid or troubled. And the Lord spoke to us this morning and assured us He's going to see us through. He's going to take care of His church and His people. Well, praise God. Amen. Woo. So there are, number three, some moral signs. And I'm trying to hurry. I've got to get through this. Moral signs that mark the end of time, the last days, the end of this age. And Jesus said this in the Olivet Discourse recorded by Matthew in 24, Matthew 24, 12. Jesus said this, Mark didn't include it, but Matthew did, and because lawlessness shall abound. Because lawlessness shall abound. The King James says, because iniquity shall abound. The love of many will wax cold. So another sign, pointer, that's pointing in the direction that we're in the end times is a spirit of lawlessness that has taken over the world and even right here in the United States of America. We see the riots, the looting, the burning of cities and businesses and, and, and lawlessness in the streets of America. And then the Democrats want to say that it's, there's peaceful protest. It's peaceful protesting. And listen, listen, turn on the news, ladies and gentlemen. Get the right news. Get the ones that show in the news, amen. And, and, and see what's going on. Just recently in Philadelphia, looting and, and, and robbing and, and just tearing apart businesses and stores. And one guy going had a dolly and was hauling a washing machine out and loading it up. My God, it's lawlessness. And here's the thing. It's a spirit of lawlessness. These writings and nothing. Here's the problem. Nothing is done. The police are told there's no law and order in those cities. The police have been told to stand down. Their hands are tied. The movement is on to defund the police and take their power away from them. Let, let me tell you something today. You'd better be praying for this nation. You'd better, you better go to those polls and you better vote the Bible. You better vote for law and order. Can I get an amen here today? <laughs> Satan wants to take this nation over. And we've got to put a stop through prayer, through force, through whatever. We've got to put a stop to the ungodliness and the lawlessness that is in this nation today. He said iniquity would abound. Iniquity, over 60 million unborn babies have been murdered since R.V. Wade in 1973. It's an abomination to God, folks. God hates the shedding of innocent blood. The perversion that we see in America today, just a few years ago in 2015, five years or so ago, when the Supreme Court voted and made same-sex marriage the law of the land. That is iniquity. That is perversion. And can I tell you this? God does not recognize a same-sex union. Well, I got about two or three hand claps. He doesn't recognize that. So there's perversion in America today. Transgenders and youth and young people deciding whether they want to be a, a boy or a girl and parents that are, that are uh, 
you know, leading them that way, telling them, you just decide. We're not going to tell you what you are. The leader of the Democratic Party said, you know who I'm talking about, self-proclaimed leader of the Democratic Party said in a town hall meeting that he would support even an eight-year-old to make the decision for himself if he wanted to have a sex change to change his sex. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm talking about moral decay and moral decline and lawlessness and iniquity and sin that is abounding in the world today. Are you with me? Are you hearing what I'm saying? This is what Jesus said would be some of the signs of His coming. Amen. And we have got to, we've got to stand up as a church and, and cry out against this. I was telling somebody this morning, I said some of the things, that this is how important this election is. Listen to me. Some of the things that I'm saying to you right now today, that if this election goes the wrong way, I'll be put in jail for saying this. And you can believe that if you want to. But the they're out to close the church, to shut the mouths of the preachers, to stop the Christians, to stop us from worshiping God. And we better be praying and we better be going out and voting righteousness. Come on, somebody. We're in the last days. And iniquity is abounding in this earth today. There will be a moral decay and decline, which we're seeing. Devotional signs as well that Jesus mentioned when he said not only would there be iniquity and lawlessness in the earth, but that there would be, there would be the love of many that would grow cold. Talking about the love of Christ, the love for Jesus Christ. We can see that sign today, folks, how many Christians, how many churches have left their first love. We are in a place, a time, when, when the age of the Laodicean church, where the church is, is being overcome by a coldness, a complacency. Christians today in the church becoming complacent. We're seeing an overcoming of worldliness and little commitment within the body of Christ. And it characterizes many within the church today where Paul said that in the last days they would be lovers of pleasure more or rather than lovers of God. And we're seeing that today. Amen? Church, in, church attendance in, in all the churches, in the majority of the churches, maybe not all, but in the majority of the churches, people that I know of, since the COVID thing has come, the, the, the attendance has, 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 has fallen off. People are, are staying home. They're not coming, whether it's from fear or anything else. I don't know. But, you know, someone, I shared a post the other day on Facebook where someone said, that, you know, if you're not going to church uh, because of COVID, but you're going to Walmart and you're going to uh, the Pumpkin Patch and you're going to Six Flags and you're going to all these other places, then you haven't quit church because of COVID. You've quit church because you've quit loving God. Come on, somebody. I just added a little bit to that, but we're seeing the, that very thing today. We're seeing the coldness and the complacency. I asked Brother John, Richardson, when he was here, we were having some fellowship at a, a meal over at uh, Buddy and Marsh's after church one evening, and we were discussing some things, and I asked them, I had this question pressing on me, and I said, Brother John, I thought I knew the answer, and so I thought I'd get his opinion. I said, what is the great sin of the church today that the church needs to repent of? And the thing that he said was, it was complacency. It was apathy. It was a, a lukewarmness. And that's the very thing that I, that, I, that I felt in my heart as well. Amen. And I know I'm preaching to the choir this morning because you all are not the apathetic ones. But listen, there is a spirit today and the love of many is growing cold. And there's people today that would rather do other things on Sunday morning than come to the house of God. That's what the church today needs to repent of 
I know I was accused lately of, of, of not preaching, not believing that the church needed to repent. I was told that I thought that Abundant Life Church was some, um, uh, some, some special group of people, some remnant church that didn't need to repent of anything. Let me tell you something. I've never said that. I've never preached that. I believe in Bible repentance. Come on. When there's something that needs to be repented of, are you with me today? And the thing that the church of Jesus Christ, every one of us need to repent of, is our lackadaisical attitudes toward the things of God. And we, everyone, need to get on fire and get refilled with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah! And not let our love grow cold and wax cold against Christ. That's one of the very signs, though, that point to the end. I've got to move along. Physical signs, earthquakes in various places, in many places, famines. I can talk about the earthquakes, but they are increasing. They are increasing. There's been an increase from 2004 to 2014, the annual number of great earthquakes, great earthquakes nearly tripled. There was 18 earthquakes with a magnitude of 8.0 or more, which was an increase of 265% over the previous century. And so we're seeing that. Scientists are even saying that one day, predicting that the big one could hit the San Andreas Fault and uh, California could actually go under sea level. <laughs> Amen. I wanted to do that, but I thought, well, they'll criticize me for that too. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> we'll just leave that there, all right? But these are signs, ladies and gentlemen. He said there would be earthquakes. They're pointers to the devastating earthquakes that will take place during the time of the tribulation in the book of Revelation. He said there would be famines. Jesus did. I'm still quoting from Jesus. He said there would be famines. The United Nations is warm, warning us of famines that are ahead that are of, of, of biblical proportion. We did experience a, a slight food shortage back in the spring when there were run on the grocery stores. They were euthanizing hogs. They were plowing under crops. Made a little bit of a shortage of food here in America. And that could happen again. But we do know that there is going to be a, a famine, tremendous famine during the time of the tribulation. Food prices are expected to skyrocket in the coming months. So I'm just telling you this so that you you can pray and be ready and know that when you see these things, they're pointing to the coming of the Lord. But let me bring this down here and try to with, give me 10 minutes, maybe 15. It's two minutes till 12. Jesus said, look at verse number, number 8, the latter part of verse number 8. He said there would be earthquakes, famines, and Mark says there would be troubles, troubles. Matthew, Mark uses the word troubles, Matthew uses the word pestilences. Jesus said there would be pestilences. A pestilence refers to an epidemic and a disease. It's a disease, an epidemic. There will be an upsurge in plagues and diseases as the end time approaches. We are well aware, we've heard a lot just recently, you know, in the last few months about the Spanish flu of 1918. One third of, of the population of the world was in, infected by that virus. 20 to 50 million people worldwide died from the Spanish flu. 675,000, listen to me, 675,000 Americans died from the Spanish flu. It was the deadliest in history. 
We know a little bit about that. And uh, we have saw the AIDS epidemic over the years. And, and you know, and nobody mentions this, but since 1981, there has been 700,000 deaths in the United States due to the HIV virus. Well, nobody says much about that, but it is a pestilence. Are you listening to me? The Spanish flu was a pestilence. We have saw epidemics and we have saw pandemics and we have saw sicknesses, the SARS virus, the H1N1 swine flu virus, Ebola, and uh, uh, all of these we've seen take place in the last few years. In 1968 and 69, the Hong Kong flu. Anybody remember that? I was, you know, I was, a, I was just a, a barely walking back then. Amen. <laughs> but I was, a, I was a youngster back then, but I do remember the Hong Kong flu. Amen. But the Hong Kong flu, over a over 100,000 deaths in the United States due to the Hong Kong flu. But you know what I found out in the research on that? That during that time, there was no school closed, no mask mandates. Amen. Come on. And, and it didn't, it wasn't even, it wasn't even able to stop the largest gathering known at that time which was the Woodstock Music Festival in New York. Nobody was paying attention to social distancing or the Hong Kong flu at Woodstock. Come on somebody, amen? But we got through it. We came through it. We got through it. Are you with me today? Hallelujah. There will be pestilence. There will be sicknesses. There will be plagues. There will be epidemics. There will be pandemics, and we will see an increase in that. The closer we get to the coming of the end of this age and the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So, we're experiencing a pestilence in the world right now, COVID-19. Life as we know it's been turned upside down. Over 9 million cases in the United States with, goes up every day, 230,000 deaths so far. COVID-19, this pestilence, this pandemic, I believe is a part of an end time sign that is pointing us and trying to wake us up. Come on, somebody. Trying to wake up the church. Trying to wake up the world. Jesus said there would be pestilence. And COVID-19 is pointing as a sign saying you're at the end of this age. Folks, wake up. It's pointing to the end. There's one final sign. And Jesus gives here in verses 7 and 8. The latter portion of verse 7 and verse 8. And this is it. I'll bring it to a close. He said, For such things must happen, but the end is not yet. Do you see that? The end is not yet. Look down at the latter portion of verse 8. He said these, all of these things that he just mentioned in those few verses, these are the beginning, the beginnings of sorrows. The final sign, listen to me this morning, the final sign is the convergence of all these signs coming together and being accentuated as the time of the end draws near. The end is not yet, but these are the beginnings of sorrows. The word sorrows there is the word that means birth pangs. It means 
birth pangs. It refers to the birth pains of a woman that is in labor delivering a child. That's what it refers to. This is, these things when you see them are the beginnings of sorrows. Birth pangs. When you think about the birth pangs, the labor pains of that lady, that when, and I know you women here, most of you can testify to this. These pains, when a woman comes, starts to have labor pains, the labor pains increase in frequency and intensity as the time of that birth draws near. Am I right about that? Amen? Now, my wife was a very, very, she was a very peculiar lady. Amen? When she would start having just some travail, some pains, uh, you knew you better get her to the hospital because she didn't go into labor for very long but, but, but she, until she gave birth. But for the most part, the travail begins in, in a woman and it increases. The, the pains become closer together. They get stronger and more intense as the time is near for that child to be born. And Jesus said that these are the beginnings of the labor pains and that they will, knowing that their travail, knowing that these signs are the beginning of the labor, that means that they will increase and become more intense as we get closer and closer to the coming of the Lord and to the tribulation period. The occurrence, listen to me, the occurrence of any one sign in itself is not the sign of the end. Just one earthquake is not the sign of the end or one um, virus or pestilence. One occurrence in itself is not necessarily a sign. But here it is. And I've heard people say this. Oh, we've always had earthquakes. And we've always had pestilence. And we've always had these things. But that, but listen to me, the convergence of all of these signs coming together in frequency and intensity lets us know that the time of the coming of the Lord Lord is near. The tribulation is at hand. How close we must be. And I'm going to tell you the good news is, as I said before, if we're that close to the tribulation, we're that much closer to the trumpet of God sounding and the rapture of the church and the saints of God getting out of here. There's some bad stuff. There's some bad days. There's some terrible things that are coming on this earth. But we need to be ready for the rapture, for the coming, for the sounding of the trumpet of God. They're increasing in frequency. There will be more. COVID's not going to be the last one. There will be more earthquakes, pestilence, iniquity abounding. The time is near. When we travel along the highway, the signs that we see on the highway give us direction, don't they? And the signs, if you ever notice this, that the signs, the closer you get to your destination, the more numerous the signs become that point to your destination. They get more numerous. I was thinking about when we go to Branson. I haven't been there in a while. But when we go to Branson, you don't see any Branson signs. When you first get on 44 out there, I don't see any in Steelville. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I don't see any in Potosi. Um, but then when you get on 44, you don't see too many. But, you know, then all of a sudden you'll see one. Talking about advertising a show in Branson or are going to Branson. And then a little later you'll see another one. But the closer, Brother Terry, the closer you get to Branson, there's signs over here and signs over here and signs down here, and there's just one after another. When our kids were little, we went to Tennessee and we went on a vacation, and, and uh, every five miles, seemed like, see Ruby Falls. 
see Ruby Falls. Well, I had to stop and see Ruby Falls. It pointed me to it so many times I had to go see it. But the closer we get to our destination, the more signs that we see. And listen to me, saints. God has posted signs to show us where we are right now. And He's showing us, I believe with all of my heart, that we're getting closer to our destinations. And there will be more signs that will continue to come. The book of Revelation is filled with the culmination of these signs when we read about all of the plagues and the earthquakes and all that will take place, the famine and the death and destruction that will take place during the tribulation. And that culmination of those signs will bring the, the, this age to an end and to a close. And we're not there yet, but we're getting closer because we see the signs culminating and getting more frequent all the time. A man was visiting with a friend of his the upper peninsula of Michigan and he was stunned by the beauty of, that he saw and he said to his friend, this looks like the end of the world. And his friend said, well, it's not, but I think you can see it from here. And can I tell you something, folks? This is not the end of the world today. The end is not yet, Jesus said. But I think I can see it from here. I think that's how close we are to the end of this age. It's not going to be very much longer. Worship team, you can make your way back. How many of y'all remember 1980? Mount St. Helens. The volcano. Was that in Oregon, Washington? Where was that at? Washington. Mount St. Helens and the... The news that was on all the time about Mount St. Helens. I mean, it was, it was belching out some gray smoke and it was rumbling. And the geologists, um, the experts said there is going to be a major eruption of this volcano, Mount St. Helens. They, was, they were giving warnings on the television. They were giving warnings on the news. They were telling people, you need to evacuate. You need to get out uh, of this area because Mount St. Helens are going, is going to erupt. And patrol cars, uh, police officers, sheriffs, highway patrol, they would go through the, the communities with loudspeakers on their car and they would, they would give the warning, everybody get out. This volcano is going to erupt. There's danger. You need to leave. You need to evacuate. And people everywhere left their homes and fled for their lives. But there was one old guy by the name of Harry Truman. It was Harry R. Truman. One guy, 80 some, and, uh, some odd years old, that had lived in that community all of his life. And Harry Truman refused to listen to the signs. He refused to listen to the warnings. Harry Truman said, I have lived here all of my life and I know this mountain and this volcano will not erupt. He ignored the signs. But on May the 18th, 1980, Mount St. Helens erupted and Harry R. Truman was never seen again. It wiped him out. And he didn't have to die. He didn't have to perish in that. But listen, what happened? He ignored the signs. And I'm fearful today that there's so many Christians and there's so many people today with signs of the times all around us of the end of the age and the coming of the Lord that we're ignoring the signs. Many are ignoring this sign of this pestilence of COVID-19. They're totally ignoring the signs. Oh, it can't happen. So many have the spirit of Harry R. Truman that says, I know what's, what, what I'm doing. It's not that end. I've heard this all my life. I've heard it. I've heard it. I've heard it. I'm tired of hearing the warnings. I'm tired of preachers preaching about the coming of the Lord. I'm tired of hearing this. They're just trying to scare me into joining the church. I wish I could scare some folks, but they're ignoring the signs, and they're just like they were in the days of Noah. Jesus said, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. Noah, preacher of righteousness, preached for 120 years while the ark was preparing, but everybody went on and lived their life the way that they always did. They paid no attention. They went on eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the day that no entered to the ark and they were all swept away by the flood. Don't let that happen to us in these days. Pay attention to the signs. Pay attention to the signs. Hallelujah. We need Jesus 
like we've never needed him before. Hallelujah. Would you bow your heads? Father, we love you today.